Hello, Storygoers, and welcome back to another episode of Tales from the Cartridge, the video game storytelling podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Eric Penrod. And I will be your other co-host, Ryan Bauer. Ryan, I was in the bathroom, like most people do, and I yep. was thinking about uh, just life. I was thinking about us, mm. thinking about the, <laughs> thinking about the podcast. Think about us. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was thinking, like, we live in the state of Maine in the United States, yeah. right? A place that everyone yeah, uh, yeah. complains about being too cold, that everyone wants to move there, and the house prices are literally insane, uh, which makes no sense to me, yeah. but whatever. Uh, and I was thinking about the podcast and how, like, I I cannot imagine that there is another podcast out there in the state of Maine that is as successful as us. Mm, you know no what way. I mean? No yeah. way. I haven't heard anything. I It's all coming <laughs> from, like, California, the West Coast. We talked about the West Coast already, right? It's great yeah, over there. Yeah. Uh, but I, I kind of want to go out on a limb here and just mm. put it out here. Until mm-hmm. someone tells us otherwise, mm-hmm. uh, but I I think that we should have Tales from the Cartridge be the unverified number one podcast of Maine. Yeah, I think that's a yeah. good call. I think we should reach out to the governor. I do know. Yeah. I do know her chief of staff. I uh, her. Uh, wow. Okay. Because because of where I work, um, and I I work. <laughs> if you don't know, I work with children and. I happen to know a lot of people, or at least their children. Um, so I could, I could always, I could always, I could always reach out. We could always, I could have a conversation mm. that wouldn't be awkward or weird at all. Um, I don't think. Mister or Misses or, or non-binary person? <laughs> it's a, it's a Misses. Okay. Um, yeah. I could just yeah, see yeah. the kid be like, Mom, I think that Tales from the Cartridge is the number one podcast of Maine. And she's like, What the heck is what wrong with my about? kid? And you're yeah. just coaching the kid every day until the kid yeah. says something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, yeah, I can see you like sliding a piece, piece like, you're like, Have a great night, guys. And you just, I just see you like sliding a piece of paper over and she, and she just picks it up. She's like, Can I be the number one podcast of Maine? She's like, uh, I'm never bringing I, my kid back. No. Um, I'll add it to my daily health screening questions for that. Family only. Like, have you listened to the newest episode of Disney <laughs> Garden? <laughs> you know it's produced no. in Maine. <laughs> yeah. Just... <laughs> that would be so funny. Well, Ryan, you have your in. And if you I want to, you, you want to keep your job, obviously. At least maybe you don't. If you don't, then we have yeah. another plan here. Sure, uh, yeah. But if you want to point her out to me, okay. I'll run up to her while she's at your job. Uh-huh. Okay. Maybe we have a plan here. Right. It's like FBI is just listening to us right now. <laughs> just yeah. taking notes. <laughs> um, in yeah, in Michigan yeah. they try to kidnap the governor, and in Maine somebody tries to get them to verify their podcast. Yeah, oh, in the state. Yeah, I will not kidnap anyone. That is so much work. No way. You have to yeah. feed them and bathe them and stuff. No way. Yeah. It's like an animal. Right. Kidnapping someone's kind of like having an animal. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Anyway, uh, Ryan. <laughs> As the uh, number one unverified podcast in Maine, uh, yeah. officially, or unofficially, how are you, and what have you been playing? I'm doing pretty well. I've had a very chill weekend. We got a bunch of snow, um, and yeah, I just so like bunker down, and I only left a shovel, and then I came back in, and that's all I've done, is shovel and hang out. And mm-hmm. I've been playing, I finished The Last of Us Part 2, which, did I did I finish last time we talked? I don't remember. We we. Text each other. Yeah, we text yes. each other. Yes, we. Text yeah, each so other. we yeah. haven't talked on here. Finished that. Really enjoyed that. Yeah, uh, was really. The spoilers. Wonderful. What do you think? Like overall, I, I overall I loved it. Overall, I think it did a really good job. It was very intense. 
Yeah, it pulled a magic trick that I don't think I've ever seen in any other game before. Mm-hmm. The closest thing I could liken it to is maybe Red Dead Redemption 2, in that, like, in some games, you, you'll beat it, and then, like, your perspective shifts when you play it that second time. This game, and Red Dead 2, although this game, I think, is does it in a more interesting way and even more successful way, partway through the game, it, like finds this way to change your perspective on everything you've done so far and everything you have to do forward in a really incredible way um, that I, I thought was was amazing. Just, like, good storytelling. Just good storytelling, no matter what medium it's in. It's just good storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really liked it. It was it was intense. Um, it was real intense. And it, it was intense in really mean ways. Um, but it was really good. mean it was ways. Very good. It really was very, mean very ways. Good. Yeah. Yeah, it's very good. When we inevitably cover it, I have so much I want to say about that game. Yeah. And, and yeah. just... Yeah, it's so, it's it's such a good game, and I, and I actually Ryan, yeah. I was going to ask you, uh, um, when I first beat the game, and the only time I ever beaten the game, right? I it is a game I just I don't feel like I have the mental capacity right now to to go back to, like maybe for mm-hmm. like years I don't think I can go back yeah. to it. Like I playing the Last of Us Part One would be the, a game I feel like okay going back to right now, but that one just feels so heavy. Are you in the same mindset where it's like you can't imagine yourself playing that again right now, or could you play it again right now? Yeah, I don't think I could play it right now. I do think I was slightly, like, because of when I played it years later, nothing was spoiled, but there were, like, things that I saw about it that I think lessened that hit, lessened that Mm. punch, um, that made it less intense. um, Or because I knew how intense it was going to be going into it, I think that, like short answer no i don't i don't think i can jump right back into it i think it would be too hard and i think maybe even harder than the first time because of what i've already played you know what i mean in a really interesting way um but yeah i don't i don't know if i could jump we'll see like what uh as as we just talked about in our recent episode the the tv show how they handle it because i can't imagine how that's gonna work um but yeah i don't i don't i don't i don't think i could jump back in i think there's there's too much there i think I think I would be able to identify what's going on with a little bit more clarity because I think there was like a lot of stuff happening that I didn't have context for until later, but I think it's just, it would be a bit too intense. And I, I think there are things that I would need to do that I don't think I could as well do um, yeah. in a second playthrough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you hit 100%. I feel the same exact way. It's, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a lot. So yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And, but more importantly, Ryan, what else have you been playing? I've been playing Lightfall. So yeah. the new yearly Destiny expansion came out. And uh, Eric, you may not know, but the internet is like, Destiny fans are uh, a bunch of goobers and for a lot of reasons. <laughs> One of the them. reasons being, I speak for all of them. Um, all, the, all the millions of people who play. As the number um, one podcast of me. As the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Unverified. Um I really enjoyed it. First off, I want to say I'm really, I really enjoyed Lightfall. The, the the gameplay changes were amazing. They create more flexibility. The new subclass Strand is super fun to play. Mm. Um, the the like being able to hook onto things is really fun, and to swing oh, around is right. really fun. And that's there's right. like all kinds of cool new mechanics that I really love. Um, if you look on Steam or other things, it's getting like review bombed like crazy people are very angry about and the thing is with a with a live service game like destiny first impressions are so important and mean so much and from a narrative standpoint for the the campaign story 
because um, how how Destiny works now is there's like an an eight eight level campaign story story missions like really intense story missions. They started with Witch Queen. They were really successful. They were really cool. Um, Lightfall just it, it kind of did a bad job. It was like much more similar to like. It's much more similar to early Destiny, where they just said things that made no sense and never explained it. And they'd really gotten away from that in the past few years, um, to where, like, when they say things, they have meaning and you know what they're talking about. And yeah. they in Lightfall, they just, like, tonally super missed. Like, I don't know. I think the marketing team did an incredible job, because it, going into it, the tone was like, this is going to be intense. This is going to be dark. We're going to lose. Things are going to be bad. Things are going to be wild. Stakes are going to matter. And I just don't know if the gameplay delivered that in a really meaningful way. Um, so I would say, like, it is... It, but, like, people are saying this is the worst expansion to ever come out. I wow. don't know compared to, like, Curse of Osiris and um, the Mars one if that really can can is true or if people are just kind of... This is so different than Witch Queen um, in that Witch Queen was really good. Witch Queen had a really good narrative, but, like, gameplay-wise, it didn't change a ton. Versus this, like, the narrative is not great, but, like, gameplay-wise, a ton has changed. With the new subclass, mm-hmm. they've changed how, like, a whole bunch of stuff works. Um, the new, you know, patrol zone is really cool. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's really interesting. And I think, like, I'll be curious to see how, it, how like, how things um, throughout the year. Because there's, like... Again, I'm, if I'm talking about too much of this, I can stop. But like, there's the there's this there's the Lightfall story. There's the things that are happening in Lightfall, and at the same time, there's the things that are happening in the season. And those are two separate but connected stories. Mm-hmm. So in Lightfall, you go to Neptune and you're helping save Neomuna, which is the city that's hidden on Neptune. In the seasonal story, like you're on Earth and Earth is under siege, and you kind of care more about. The fact that Earth is under siege, yeah. Then you do about this city that you just found out about that you have to save, and like because of that, the writing and the storytelling and the seasonal story, which is explore, explore, explored weekly, feels stronger and better than this story that you kind of spend five or six hours on about this city somewhere that you just found out about and now have to care about. And again, it's constantly dropping, like, we have to save the veil. The veil, we have to do something about the veil. And then they never explain what it is or why it's important. Into, <laughs> um, like, true Destiny fashion, right? But but again, yeah. it's it's better when we move away from those things. Especially if this is the last expansion to come out before the finale. You have yeah. to have it be, like, pretty strong and set some things up. It, it just didn't feel like a time to ask more questions. It felt like a time to start getting some answers into right. why this is happening. I have a feeling they're going to, like, over the course of the year, they already have plans to answer these things. But people wanted those answers in the campaign story mission that they paid money for. Right. Um, not spread out throughout the year in a separate story that they also are paying a separate dollar amount for. Ugh. Um so that's a bummer. Um, overall, really good. I really enjoyed it. I think it's it's a very good expansion for a lot of reasons. Narratively, not good. Didn't do a great job. And I think it is, as you play through it, you you, you were learning more context, but you wanted that context in the, in the, in the story. Yeah. And I think part of what is going on, um, and I've gone on for too long, but part of what is going on <laughs> is Strand, which is the new subclass, it's very good, very cool, was supposed to be in Witch Queen. It wasn't ready, so they pushed it back to Lightfall. 
because of that, they spent so much of the campaign like learning how to use Strand that they didn't spend any time really focusing on like why any of it matters and why it's important. Right. Uh, it kind of felt like a filler. It kind of felt like, hey, we're not ready for the big story yet. Here's something to hold you over. Which is okay, but you just have to communicate that. You can't right. let me know like this is going to be a, where big stuff happens and things are going to change. It just, it just, it, yeah, it's, it's very, it's great. The bummer is Destiny was getting to a place where I could maybe start saying, hey, I know you haven't been playing for a while, but like it's worth coming back. This campaign kind of undercuts that in that if you mm-hmm. came back and played this campaign, you'd kind of be like, this is nonsense. I don't know what's going on and I don't care, um, which is a bummer. Because the last campaign was very, very good and very interesting. Um, and I think there was cool cool things in there. They just didn't do a great job of, of mission and all together. No, I'm sorry. I don't know why. That. Yeah, it's okay. It's all right. And I think, like, there's also a care. Like, there's a lot of quips and, like, it's, I don't, like, Marvel-style writing, I guess, is how people mm. are describing it. Where, like, yeah. it's, like, quippy back and forth and, like, lighthearted. Which is fine, but not in the context of, like, hey everyone you care about is going to die let's like make a quippy joke or like you just killed the yeah. big boss of the campaign who is like related to a um uh, somebody who you're you're fighting with and another character makes a joke like um the uglier are the harder they fall when like this person's like dad just died right it's just like yeah. like the what context just in, <laughs> yeah exactly it just isn't it just doesn't quite land um but that being said I really enjoy it. If you like Destiny, I think you're going to like it. But if you uh, don't like Destiny and want, like, good narrative, I don't know if it's quite there. At least at least yet. Maybe wait until more seasons are out and you can play them all in a quick burst. But Yeah. 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 Well, I'm sorry to hear that, Ryan. I hope it gets That's better. That's okay. That's all yeah. right. It's, it's still fun. It's still good. It's yeah. still Destiny. I still am really enjoying, like, the gameplay, which is always Destiny's Strong Suit. You just want that narrative to also hold up, and I unfortunately don't think it, it did. I think I think I think it's comparable to other Destiny stories. I think it's mm-hmm. comparable to other stories we've told in other campaigns. It's just like we've we the hard part is we know a better story can be told and it wasn't told. So I think that's right. the backlash. It's not that this was the worst that's ever told. It's that compared to the last one, it's a lot worse. Um, but the Destiny spokesman for the people have, has spoken. Yep. Uh-huh, His word yep. is law. <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 That's good. Yeah. But, Eric, how are you? And what have you been playing? I'm good. I survived the snowstorm. I made homemade biscotti uh, for coffee. Yeah, yeah. So good. I did a good job. I'm really proud of myself. I'm going to make it for my coworkers and surprise them on Tuesday. So that should be hopefully good. Um, for those of you who are uncultured... <laughs> Uh, it's like just it's a just basically like a really dry pastry you're supposed to dip into your coffee so it's <clears throat> soft enough to be eaten. As if not, it's like rock hard and just very tough. But yeah. Uh, as for I've been playing, I've been playing still Breath of the Wild. I'm in that weird place where it's like, how do you how do I how do I finish this game? I can just go begin right now if I want to, but it doesn't feel fulfilling. So what can I do to make this fulfilling? So I'm going to go beat all 120 shrines, I decided. I think I'm just going to try it. Mm. We'll see what happens. I don't know if I'll actually do it or not, but sure. we'll see. Uh, we'll see if that happens. Um, and then I've been playing the uh, Untitled Goose game still with my clients at work uh, and having a blast with that. That's still a lot of fun. So and speaking of, perfect segue. Everyone, thank you. Storyverse, thank you so much for listening to our Untitled Goose game episode that just came out. We hope you enjoyed it a lot. Put a lot of time and effort into it. 
And Sir David Attenborough, you know, very happy that he came in and spent some time with us. Really thankful, really thankful yeah. to make it. Yeah. Thank you, BBC, for allowing him to come and and, uh, and read that story. It's really that really kind of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hope that inspires people to go look at it. <laughs> they pause yeah. this episode immediately and go check. Like David Attenborough's on it. I should put yeah. featuring David Attenborough in the, in the title. <laughs> that would be very good. I'm sure there, I don't know if there's like a legal uh, issue with that. <laughs> But I think it's probably fine. It's fine. As the as the official uh, as the official unofficial podcast domain, I think it's probably fine. <laughs> it has to be. Yeah. yeah. He'll he'll narrate my prison sentence while I'm in court. <laughs> sure, he stands yeah. before the judge. <laughs> he looks nervous. <laughs> like, I am nervous, Sir David Attenborough. <laughs> Storygoers, you know, we hope you're happy and healthy and well. You can always email us your thoughts, feelings, and perspectives to Tales from the Cartridge at gmail.com. All the E's in the email are threes. You can also find us on our Instagram or by leaving a voicemail or texting us at our toll-free Tales in the Cartridge number at 207-494-4334. You can leave a message or text or whatever on there, and we'll read those in a future episode. You can also donate to our Patreon. Give us a nice cold, crisp, crisp? A nice cold, crisp dollar bill. And boy, oh boy, will that get you so much. It'll get you unlocked scripts from our uh, past episodes that we've written, which we're slowly trying to bring out more. I'm just trying to edit those. So that's just the hard part, going through and editing them. So I just, I just scribble all over. I scribble, I type <laughs> it. I type all over and just leave all these like horrible uh, uh, mistakes all over it. Uh, but now they can't, they can't have mistakes for, for releasing them. You can also have the warm and fuzzy feelings of supporting your favorite unverified, verified podcast from Maine, Tales from the Cartridge. That'd be mm. sweet. You can mm-hmm. also, if you don't mind rating us on Apple or Spotify or whatever you're listening to, that'd be super helpful. We are still not up to 10 uh, rates on Spotify. It kills me a little bit every day. It's not your responsibility to save my life, but boy, oh boy, would it matter to me a little <laughs> bit. Uh, <laughs> so it'd be super duper cool if you, you could like uh, rate us on uh, Spotify. So I've talked too much as usual. Ryan, yeah. Would you please do us the honors of telling us today on our DLC episode for March yep. what today's topic is? We are talking about video game adaptations. It's so hot mm-hmm. right now. We so hot. Last of Us out. <laughs> Other thing, the Mario movie coming out. Oh, things, it's things right. Are, Things, things are, are happening. Coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Things are yeah. things are happening with video games and other media, and uh, a lot of times it's very hard to do um, to make that transition. So we're going to talk about some of the best adaptations of um, game to movie or TV, um, and why we think they're successful. And uh, talking through that, um, we kind of talked about this a little bit in the Last of Us, maybe, or we will. Um, can't remember. Um, but I think this will this will continue to give context as to what we think works and doesn't work, and talk about some of our favorites uh, that yeah. maybe you should check out. Now, I think some of these, I think we should say, they're they're personal preference, right? Like for sure, they are definitely not going to be beloved by everybody, and that's yeah. okay. Like these are not renowned, like loved titles of our yeah. adaptations for sure. There's more of our personal picks, but yeah. ones that we feel like did a good job at doing their best to ad- adapt something, whether it worked out or not. I feel like. Um, so yeah, I think it's really important, and and uh, I mean, I feel like with The Last of Us now, I was thinking about this on the on the car ride earlier today that I was having, <laughs> which is a weird sentence to say now. Uh, whatever, uh, I was thinking about how like I was one of those people a few years ago that thought I think when The Last of Us was announced as a movie, I thought 
is this is this really necessary right we have the game and the game's fantastic do we really need a, a movie or yeah a movie for this but having now watched what eight episodes of the last of us the tv show and seeing the impact like like my you know my my girlfriend's watching this my coworkers are watching this my 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 family is watching this like this is these are things that these are people who know who don't play video games typically right and they're watching yeah. and enjoying the story and so now i'm seeing like okay you know what actually maybe these adaptations do have a place right they do have a, a way in the same way in which in the same way that we at tales are telling stories to people who may have not played these games right you're still enjoying these stories for what they are they're great stories um but just told in a different context, which I think is really, I think is valid. I, I see it now as kind of valid, and I see, I don't, I don't want to be closed-minded to the idea that it only has to be a video game, right? Or like a movie only has to be a movie, right? It could be, it could be a TV show also, or could, or a movie could be adapted into a video game. It'd be fantastic. Like the Witcher series is was a book series adapted into a video game series, now beloved. Like, I think that these things have time and places, and I think that this shows kind of like the the importance of why adapting a video game into something else can be a beneficial thing and it can be something that connects you with other people like you know i've enjoyed this this series for so long i'm so glad you're finally enjoying it too maybe we can play this game together now or maybe you want to play this game which just inspires people to want to play the game now i think it sold like the the last of us part one just resold yep uh for like just like crazy amounts of copies when the first episode came out so like clearly successful clearly pushing the market Mm -hmm. forward in some special way um so yeah um I just think it has a time and place. I think I think I see the value of it now. So hopefully these hopefully these recommendations from you and I, Ryan, will will push people to want to to watch them uh, and enjoy them if they haven't been able to in video game form. Is that well said? I don't know. Yeah, that was very well said. <laughs> okay. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> a moment yeah. of silence, and I was like, Ugh. <laughs> uh, well, Ryan, I think yeah. that maybe you would do the best. I, maybe you shouldn't say movie either. Maybe you should say your first one's not a movie, technically, right? Neither of mine no. are movies. I brought no movies. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Oh, so we shouldn't say. So they're just adaptations. Movie yeah. or TV otherwise. More just yeah. like, yeah. Okay. So both Trad- of mine I mean, are movies. Think, <laughs> I mean, I think it's it's a difference of like traditionally, if you wanted to tell a story, you told it through a movie because movies had the budgets to tell these stories. Mm-hmm. So until like very recently, like maybe the past five years most stories were weren't really told through tv shows or if they were they were like episodic they weren't like these long form narratives or i think we're seeing much more prevalent with streaming services and people kind of moving away from because oftentimes like when you're watching something on tv which like growing up you just like flip through channels right um, right you you're you want whatever is on to catch your attention for a period of time but then let you move on to something else because commercials and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think like a lot of the newer TV shows that are made for streaming, their goal they have they have a lot of money right to make these like large big adaptations. Whereas I think really if you wanted to tell a big adaptation, you had to do it through movies until recently. Right. Um, so like the majority of game adaptations until probably like the mid two thousands. Um, unless it was like a cartoon was all through movies. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think both of mine, uh, also reflect where I, where I consume most media, which is through TV. Um, but also where like a lot of adaptations now are is, is through these streaming services because they're able to take different risks than maybe a, maybe other traditional, um, sources. Um, although I think they're headed 
to be uh, much more conservative, like those traditional sources as they are now, in like how they spend their money and the risks they take. Um, but for a really long time, they were willing to take a lot of risks um, and make weird things. Um, and hopefully, people are still out there making weird things because that's how we get cool stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. So minor, sure. minor, minor, minor TV shows, um, and yours are movies, which I think is really interesting. And yeah, I'm, 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 I'm interested to talk about the difference between those two media and how they lend themselves to telling these stories. I agree. I think that's a great way to put it. Yeah, yeah. Very different. The same. Very similar mediums. Very different displays for sure yeah i mean i think if you look at if yeah for sure i mean we will get more into this but if you look at the different things we brought they are very different in their pace their their pace at which they're telling the story the tone at which they're telling the story and like the way in which they're like subverting the narrative or these characters is really interesting and different um that only can exist in these in these two very different ways Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Well, I mean, Ryan, we've been teasing it long enough. Would yeah. you like to start us with your, your first pick? Sure, yeah. So my first pick is Castlevania, the uh, animated show. I think, like, animation is such a undervalued media for a lot yeah. of storytelling, and I'm really hoping we continue to see adaptations in animation because it's able to capture so much of the pace and the action of games without like needing people learning how to fight um and i think just just animation is such such a dynamic way to tell stories that i think lends itself really well to uh video game stories uh but yeah so castlevania i think castlevania was is a really successful has like three seasons on netflix um i think it kind of it it finished telling its story in those three seasons i don't remember how it ends if it ends at a cliffhanger or not but i think they wrap things up after three seasons it wouldn't surprise me if they put out more um but castlevania it captures the kind of darth and dark and gothic tone to the castlevania series which you don't know castlevania is about vampires and vampire hunters a vampire hunting family and then dracula who's like the big villain of um the castlevania series um, and like you're constantly fighting through his castle or through his his town or through all those types of things. Oftentimes you're playing like this renowned vampire hunter or in some cases the a half son of Dracula in all kinds of other different permutations of the character you play. And the show captures this tone, this intensity, the action of Castlevania and that Castlevania are constantly fighting. In this show, there's a lot of fighting, and the animation is like really cool and really well done, and how it captures these multifaceted fights. And you're fighting monsters from the game who are using their abilities and the way they move through the world in the same way, in, in a really cool way, and I think really captures this, the intensity of that game. But on top of that, like traditionally in Castlevania, there is a story there, but the story, because of the, they are oftentimes uh, Metroidvanias or 2D side-scrollers, a lot of the narrative is through text boxes or through like n- like narrative like watching a, a cut scene mm-hmm. um at the beginning and the end of the game there is not a ton of narrative there or at least it's not in the forefront obviously with the tv show it needs to be and i think they did a really good job of like taking characters from the game kind of and modifying them to make them interesting and develop over time and to interweave them with the complexity and weird stuff that's going on in this world in, in a really cool way. It builds upon this world of Castlevania, which is dark and gothic and spooky, and just expands upon it and um, makes it feel more interesting and makes it feel more more tonally um, intense. And there's these characters you care about because of the way they move through the world and the things they've gone through in a way that isn't necessarily captured in the game because it's not the point. 
um, but is captured in in the in the in the, in the animation. Yeah, I, I I haven't watched this yet, but I was telling you right before we started that I watched a lot of like animation stuff on Instagram. People post, and Castlevania is one of the things that is very prevalent that I see, and and the action and the animation that is so fantastic. Like it, it's it seems kind of silly to think about the. I mean, granted, at the time, right? Obviously, very okay. It's still okay to this day. But the the, the animation of uh, the video games, where it's just like just cracking the whip and hitting a monster, and moving, <laughs> and jumping up and moving yeah. forward, is yeah. is is very underwhelming when you're just watching it. However, you know, if you're playing it, it's a little differently. But if you're when you're watching the show, I feel like again, not having seen it, but just watching a lot of the animation. Um, it just feels so much more intense and that there's much more stakes involved as you're watching it and how like, I mean, the animation is so beautiful and does such a great job making it so easy to watch. Um, but then adds that level of complexity that maybe you didn't get from the first couple of Castlevania games that this is covering, I think. Um, yeah. Again, just another great way to get this story that maybe you don't mm-hmm. want to sit and, and watch this this gameplay of Castlevania 1 or 2 or wherever this takes place or whatever game this covers. Um, I think that I think that's that's so smart, and it just adds another layer. People who love it, who already know the story, and people who don't want to play it but also want to get it as well because Castlevania is such a well-renowned title. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. You're you're. Fro- I wasn't sure if you were there or not. You're frozen. <laughs> oh no, I'm still <laughs> you, here. Look at you're sleeping. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah, just closed. It's really funny. Just taking a power nap. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> uh, but no, I think it's a really good first pick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Eric, I'm curious to hear what your first pick is. Totally very different. Yeah, yeah, it is very different. The other one's more more in line with that one, with, with Castlevania. Yeah, you, but you I, could do either one, whatever one's speaking to you. Mm, your, your second one is also in line with it, too, so I'll just go from the top. Yeah, and work but I, I am now noticing my two are super similar in so many ways. Yeah, um, I guess so. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so, so my first one is one that is very beloved, has a huge history, and actually has a lot more adaptations before this. But I picked this version because I thought it was much more, uh, it, it brought it to a whole place that, it brought it to a place that had never been seen before. So the movie I picked is Detective Pikachu, mm-hmm. right? And yes, like, Pokemon has had an, adapt- an adaptation for forever, right? Since the first games came out, we've been watching Ash and Pikachu, on their adventure and granted they just wrapped up their story which is pretty wild like 20 yes, years in the making it's pretty it's crazy like, yeah um so great adaptation right the pokemon series is is beloved by people still today like it, it's really beloved it has multiple movies the, the first pokemon movie was awesome Very all, cool. all right here's yeah. all right i'm gonna nostalgia bomb everybody who was who was raised in the 90s and early 2000s do you remember the uh the golden slabs you get from burger king of pokemon mm-hmm. and it had like the pokeball came in and you press it and it like slowly opens and you wonder what you got yeah. like such a good time such a good time mm-hmm. it was such a good time to be a pokemon fan back in yeah. the 90s it was just a blast and you got the like the egyptian holographic mew yes. um, when you went to the movie yeah yes yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah i actually i didn't get that but i do remember oh, that oh no you yeah, didn't I, get one i didn't get oh, one that's i don't, remember, I don't know why yeah. you did or didn't get one but they were they were probably right. hate me <laughs> Sanford, no. Sanford, Maine's movie theater hates me. Oh, That's man. where I saw it. Yeah, you should have gone to the Arnot. The Arnot had, oh, had cars. I wasn't there yet. I didn't move down there yet. Um, the Arnot, <laughs> which is a mall that like should not exist anymore. But whatever. It barely uh, does. <laughs> uh, shout out to Elmira, New York. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> <Anyone's> listening. <laughs> 
Uh, well, I should say horse heads technically. Yeah, it's horse whatever. Heads, technically, but everything's on my ride. Everything's on my ride. Yeah, everything's on my uh, regardless, <laughs> regardless, yeah. So I, I picked Detective Pikachu because what I thought was so interesting is that it was the first Pokemon movie to really bring it to the quote-unquote real world, right? And I think there's a lot of speculation as to like, what was this going to be like? And why I think Detective Pikachu is a good adaptation of Pokemon is because it wasn't necessarily about Pokemon. It was a story about a missing person, missing human person, right? That in, That had Pokemon kind of infused into the story. And I think that's such a smart way of doing it because if it was just about like an, a trainer trying to become the best and battling, I don't think that would have worked as well. Or maybe it wouldn't have worked as well at first because I think it could have been come off as like cheesy. Whereas like in the anime, in the adaptation, the cartoon in the cartoon adaptation, they can get by with that because it kind of just comes with it. It's just kind of like that corny cheesiness that that works at least in the in the first you know in the '90s version and all that stuff. I don't know about now, but. What I think this, what I think Detective Pikachu did so well is that it kind of brought the idea of what would it be like in real life if Pokemon were actually real in the real world. What would that be like? And it did a fantastic job at doing that. Like having them a champ direct traffic in like having this having the I think it's like underground Pokemon fighting, which would totally happen if Pokemon are real because humans are awful. But whatever, uh, you know, it's just having all these like different versions of beloved characters they, they picked fantastic pokemon to to bring into this movie like pikachu i wrote less pikachu mr mime mewtwo cubone psyduck snorlax charmander squirtle bulbasaur machamp and greninja and a bunch of other ones those are ones that i i personally liked but they did such a great job at bringing them into the movie and making them just look like obviously they weren't real but they they looked like they could be like they, it's like it's like their closest thing to like what would it be like to actually have pokemon in this world um now I, I also know that I I feel like like I it sounds like like most uh, cis white guys that Ryan Reynolds is very cool. Apparently, yeah. uh, he's not as cool as we think we are. Essentially, we always think that Ryan Reynolds is, is really attractive uh, from a woman's standpoint. Apparently, mm. uh, in particular, but I guess that is not true from what I've understand. Uh, from if I understand culture the way it is right now, which I probably don't, uh, Ryan Reynolds is not hot, not cool. Um, I disagree because I'm a he's, cis white guy. Yeah, I think that yeah, he is it. attractive yeah. to like cis white guys born in the early '90s. Perhaps. Yeah, what yeah. is up with that? Yeah, <laughs> I, I just makes I would I would have guessed that was true for everybody, but I guess yeah. not. Yeah. Um, so I like Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu. I think he did a really good job with that. I think mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's it's Ryan Reynolds. It's just Deadpool as Pikachu. Let's be real here, but like, yeah. it works and it was fun and it was lighthearted and. I just think it did such a great job focusing on the idea that it was not about Pokemon necessarily. It was just a story that involved Pokemon in it. I think that's the way to do it. If it was the main focal point was about Pokemon, it wouldn't have worked. I think it would have come off as too cheesy or too just silly and dumb. And I think that this idea of just kind of making it a detective story rather than a fighting, training, becoming the best story was the, the best way to do it and a fantastic way of adapting a story like this into a movie that is digestible, easy to watch, and kind of want, makes you want to jump and play a, a version of Pokemon that is one of your favorites. Um, I will say also, the only negative I would say about this movie is that Lickitung is in it, and he's freaking terrifying. <laughs> so scary. If he was... I mean, Mr. Mime's Mr. pretty scary, too. But if Lickitung was in the real world, I would be so... I'd be... I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, I feel like he'd like, eat somebody. Like It's 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 bad. It's really scary. It's too realistic. It's too yeah. realistic. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. I couldn't <laughs> tongues, do it. Tongues, man. I do tongues. It. The tongue. Yeah, it's the tongue. Yeah. It's so unsanitary. Um, 
I, I I don't know. I also wish it, it, this movie does a great job at making me wish that Pokemon were real. But again, there is no way that human the human race could ever be responsible enough to actually use Pokemon in a correct way. I mean, like literally think about the, the game. We're, we're making these Pokemon fight each other like it's okay. Yeah, and yeah. you know what I mean. Like talk about talk about brainwashing and and uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, manipulating and gaslighting like it's okay. Uh, but I digress. I digress. Uh, you know, maybe... Never mind. I was going to say something bad. I won't say it anymore. Anyway, that's why I think Detective Pikachu is a great adaptation. Um, and if you love Ryan Reynolds, let us know. Yeah, please. We're taking polls. Please, someone has to. <laughs> um, uh, Eric, I think I want to... Before we move on to my next one, I really want to focus on something you said. And I think the more we talk about this, and I'll be curious to you know reflect on this as we're talking about these other, other games, is the focus on people and their story that just happens to be taking place in a weird world, or that just happens to be taking place in the context of other things, is I think what makes any story successful, and especially yes. what makes video game story successful, because you can't focus on... The stuff that makes it good to play because that just that that interface is Doesn't there. Yeah, has to be focusing on the people and how they interact with each other and how they exist in a, in in a world that is maybe weird or that is like dealing with zombie outbreak or that is dealing mm-hmm. with all of these things. You have to focus on the people and their interactions and and grounding that in humanity. I think is the best way to tell all these stories. Um, to tell any story, but especially when you're adapting it from a video game. And I think the ones that are most successful are ones that are, are, are successful when they are focusing on the people and their stories that just happen to be taking place with all these other things going that are yeah. sometimes really cool. But I think that has to be what's most important uh, because I think that's what tells the best stories. I agree. I mean, just look at The Last of Us, right? The, the TV. I mean, yeah. granted, and I'm not trying to say The Last of Us is the end-all, be-all, greatest adaptation. I know there's a lot of people who don't enjoy it, and that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like this, it's, and I, I, if you don't like it, then by all means, I, I think it's fine, right? I'm not going to ever try to force one to like it. But in what you're saying, Ryan, in that context, I think you're 100% correct because the ideas are focusing on Joel and Ellie in this story of a world that has fallen, right? And granted, the idea of the clicker and finding the cure is embedded in the story as well. It yeah. is not always the main focal point. It's not always rammed down your throat like, we got to get to this place. You know, It's not always being said every single episode. It's the relationship between these two people. Yeah. I think that's what's yeah. so good. I would love, I mean, I would personally love if they made more seasons of The Last of Us that weren't focused on Joel and Ellie. Like, mm-hmm. a, like a side story kind of a thing where it's just focused on other people in this world and, and navigating it. I think that'd be so cool. Because yeah. that would be, again, more good TV. I think when you, when you like you're saying, right, when you focus on this aspect too much of what the game is trying to cover, it, it, it muddies the water. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that the, the, the human dynamic and the relationship between people is always going to be more interesting than the actual struggle right if it was just about hunting clickers all the time it would be so boring yeah right or is it just Mm -hmm. about fighting there's the thing about the the contrast between like the game where you're literally killing like so many clickers as often as possible right when you're any situation they really have not killed that many clickers in the show like yeah they haven't killed the bloater they haven't killed anything significant they're always constantly kind of running and just trying to survive which is much more realistic and i think that it it makes it more interesting yeah, you know what i mean sure. yeah whereas definitely. in a game you you couldn't get away with that because like it would be really boring to play right <laughs> so yeah. you just you gotta the fo- the focus has to be on a different the, the each each version the video game or the or the 
movie slash TV adaptation has to have a different focal point from one another because it cannot work. It cannot work in the same way. Um, maybe not always. I feel like Sonic the Hedgehog probably does the main <laughs> same focal point. But again, I haven't watched those movies, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. Yeah, and I think um, like when when a movie, when an adaptation movie, it, one time when they are unsuccessful is when it focuses too much on the world and dealing with that world and these big narrative things that aren't super meaningful if you haven't played the games right. or just aren't super meaningful it, it kind of falls short um, with something like I know I know people like them but I know like the Resident Evil games they get like really yeah. wild and they just kind of focus on like zombie zombie zombies and they're not really focused on the people and their and their experiences with those things there's another right. one I had in mind that I can't remember Assassin's Creed uh, Assassin's Creed, yeah, same thing. Yeah. Assassin's Creed, <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. where yeah. the fo- they they were so focused on making sure it was accurate to the game, as best as they could, that they they completely missed what was engaging about those games and that's like about the people and their experiences yeah um they yeah. just just make or even like the uncharted right what's interesting about uncharted oh, is yeah. not these big set pieces those are really cool and to fun play. to play they're yeah. not the most fun to just watch happen um right. necessarily um so i think i think there has to be something um yeah you have to like you're saying you have to adapt because what works in the game is not going to work in a, in a in other media it just doesn't i I'm actually really glad we had this conversation, Ryan, but I'm also very sad now. Because can yeah. you imagine if we had the same treatment that The Last of Us has gone, but for Uncharted? Yeah. Like a story about, like, family and found yeah. family and, and, like... And connections yeah. and... Yeah. Well, yeah. While in the idea of treasure hunting, but it's not the main focus necessarily. Yeah. Though it, mm-hmm. it is for the characters, but for us, it's more about the dynamics of these characters. Yeah. Yeah. I think as the official, unofficial, <laughs> number one podcast of Maine... I almost feel like we have the authority to say <laughs> this is all Mark Wahlberg's fault. Yeah, I think we can. <laughs> We're close enough to Boston. I think is he from Boston? He just loved Boston. I have no idea. It doesn't no idea. matter. We can no make that idea. call, I think. Yeah. We can make that I, call. I will say this right now, and I know full well this might give, give me some crap, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I am sorry. It has to be said. Dunkin' Donuts is not real coffee. Mm. Dunkin' Donuts mm. coffee. All right, hold up. Wait. I'll take that back. I'm going to reverse it. The Dunkin' Donuts black coffee, I would say, is real coffee. Anything else is just milk. Mm. It is just milk. I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care. I don't care what Ben Affleck says. I don't approve of that. So take that mark Wahlberg. what are we talking about i don't know i don't know <laughs> I, I wish video though. game adaptations that's what that's <laughs> what i i just wish that uncharted had became a, a tv show after the last of us i think that yeah. can you I, just imagining an actual person that actually looks like nathan drake and not <laughs> spider-man uh yeah. or peter parker i mean i would who's actually talking to someone who really looks like sully and yeah. not mark Wahlberg. uh i think that would have been it would have been so good. Yeah, and it's not too late. It's not too late. It they can still, no, they can still do this. They can still, can still put the brakes on this. Yeah, I yes. think the problem is like in this situation, Sony focused on the wrong thing to to, to focus on. Right? As they always. were so they wanted to. Yeah, they were focused on like we want to make this big blockbuster because that's kind of what it's about, but it's really not. It's what, not what Uncharted's not. about. Um, especially not at least not what Uncharted's at its best. Because when it's at its best, is like. Uncharted three when or no Uncharted four when Drake and Elena are, are dealing with a relationship issue. Yes. Uncharted yes. two where Drake is dealing with the fact that like he's made mistakes and has to now like people have died because like that is when Uncharted is at its best, right? And right. I think when any story is at its best is when like the people are acting like humans 
And we were making that connection and empathizing and wanting to better understand or see how they progress through the world. Um, not like just falling out of a plane in a really cool way. Um, right, just, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I I just imagine this this joke has probably been told several hundred times in the last <laughs> like five years, if that. Yeah. I just imagine that Sony exec- executives sat down and they were like, okay, how can we just mess this movie up in the worst way possible? Mm. Because we're awful people and we make awful <laughs> things. <laughs> Except for The Amazing Spider-Man. I think The Amazing Spider-Man was a good movie, but I will, I will die on that sword and not talk about it more unless someone wants me to hear it. Unless they want to hear it, I will tell you. But for now, I will, I will just leave it at that. I will leave it at yeah. that. Yeah. So, but yeah, we'll see. we'll see if they can get their act together because apparently they're making... A God of War TV show. Yes, there's oh. rumors Destiny is getting a TV really? show. Really? Yeah, I yeah. There is. It's there's a whole bunch of stuff in the pipeline that they could mess wow. up so bad. Um, we'll see if that. they do. We'll see if they do. I think like the reason Halo went so well. <laughs> yeah, Halo went so well. People really loved it. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Show his face. Oh no! Don't show it. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Which like even then. Uh, Totally unrelated. I'm yeah, not even right. gonna go off. We're, on we're, we're, we fall off the the rails forever ago at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I to the same to the same thing. Like even like talking about other narratives. Like if you look at something like even like Star Wars or Lord of the Rings, those movies are also at their best when they're talking about humans and they're not focused yes. on like the big stuff that's going on. Video games just need to do the same thing. And I think like talking about our next choices and specifically my next choice. It nailed it for some of it, but then it started to lose it when it stopped focusing on the people and their connection. And I think yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Good segue. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So Impressive. my my next choice is The Witcher, which I think was huge when it came out. Still so big. fairly successful, but so big. Like one of the first big video game adaptations brought to TV. Yeah. Um, in live action, anyway. Um, Henry Cavill as um, Geralt, which was, like, some really incredible casting, and you also found somebody who, like, really likes that world yes, and, yes. and the story and cares about it, and you can see him embodying that. Because the Witcher TV show is, is an adaption of the game. It is not an adaption of the book. It's an adaption of the game in any in every sense, in the way that he has two swords, which doesn't happen in the book, the way he moves right. through the world. Like, it is an adaption of the game, not, not the book, and I think Henry Cavill did a really great job of adapting that and especially that first season which was really focused on who are these characters why are they important why do they matter what are their relationships between each other it has it had its faults and in some ways it it didn't do as successfully as others but in some ways it did really really well and in the most recent season i think it was at its best when it was focusing on like again these small characters and these small people the first i think the first episode of the newest season is in the manor with the dude with the tusks yes, such a good a really episode incredible such episode. a good episode that was one of my favorite episodes yeah. of the season yeah and, and yep. because again it's focused on these characters and their relationship and how they go through weird things because this world is weird but yeah. our our connection is a human one our experiences are a human one and that's kind of when the witcher is at its best is when you're like have these people who are just people, but they like can do weird things, but they're moving through this weird world and they have to overcome these incredible odds. But I think The Witcher gets lost when it focuses too much on like the fantasticalness of it or being right. so tied to the story the game was trying to tell or being so tied to a completely different story that is unrelated to kind of who these characters are. I think is when you get lost. And I think the, again, I, I didn't enjoy the most recent season as much as previous ones because I think it, 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 
it tried to tell a big story when it, when The Witcher needs to be a small story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because The Witcher is like a monster of the week story where we're exploring this world through our interactions with those around us in small sections. And there is this overarching story, but it isn't as, it isn't what's most important. It just is what we have to endure. Um, and I think like, I think it's good when it does that right, but when it when it doesn't, it, it, it misses. And I think there's some really cool yeah. world building there. There's some really great casting and set pieces and, and some really cool character design. Uh, but I think, unfortunately, it, it kind of got in its own way and became a bit of a mess. I, I think you hit the nail on the head 100%. And I think that <laughs> I think that from what I understand, Henry Cavill wanted it to be more like the books. Yeah. And it was pushed more like to be the games because the games are the main, not I shouldn't say the main. I should, but I think that the games became so big, yeah, that people associated the games with The Witcher, not the books with The Witcher. Though there are millions of fans who love the series, the books I have read a few and I really like them as well. Yeah, and I actually think I enjoyed them a little more than I did the games. Mm-hmm. Um, though you know I still enjoy the games for what they are. I think I remember Henry Cavill being cast in that and everyone being up in arms, and then seeing that first episode when he slices the. Was it a? I forget what it was that he was fighting in the lake. Oh yeah, drowner. Was that a, a big spider. Was it a drowner? Uh yeah, yeah I'm assuming it was like... a spider. Oh, and I don't know. I'm not sure. I forget. He slays something, and I remember like, okay, I can get behind this. And that scene where he's fighting people off. Every time they had a fight scene, I feel like it had some kind of weight to it. Um, yeah. The the drowner. Oh, wait, the drowner as the yeah. one. I think it was the the cursed person he was trying to save. Hmm. He had to he had to kill he had to kill a lot of time at night. To save somebody, I, for, I should watch it again. But there was some of the fight scenes I remember in season one had weight behind them. He was fighting for a particular reason because of another person. He was trying to do the right thing, which is why Geralt is such a good character. He's so closed off and kind of cold, but he always has good intentions for other people, which is not what a Witcher typically does. And I wish yeah. that was the focal point mm-hmm. of like, here's Geralt, he, he's a weird dude, and here's all the dynamics that he has within this world. In the, in the things that happen. He cares about these people, so he's going he's gonna to save them. He's going to do his best to save these people. Um, I wish that was the main focal point. Not this weird war happening. Not these things happening that was like more Lord of the Rings than Witcher. Yeah. I think it just got too big. The, the All the witches stuff was like, I get why we need to have Yennefer in, this, in the show, but I don't know if we need to have her in that much of the show. It was just yeah. it was so much. I feel like Yennefer was just another main character when I feel like her as a support, not because of anything about her, but I think that she's adds more to Geralt's story when the story should be about Geralt. Yeah. 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 It was, I don't know. And I'm so sad that Henry Cowell's leaving the show. I feel like yeah. that is a huge detriment. I don't, I can't even like pretend like I want to watch it anymore, to be quite honest with you. I'll probably watch yeah. the next season because Henry's in it. But afterwards, I just don't really want, I don't know. I just don't, and maybe start it over and I'll be interested to see whatever yeah. his name is to do yeah. it. You know, supposedly, he the, the actor taking over uh i think he's one of the hemsworth brothers yep. yeah liam. Uh, I, liam yeah i i think what i heard and granted this is just a grain of salt i randomly saw on instagram he because of his feud with his uh ex i think is miley cyrus i don't i'm not positive because <laughs> I, I i don't do well celebrities but um i guess they're feuding and it's like getting to the point where he might lose his contract with netflix to be in the witcher supposedly <laughs> oh, see how man. real that is but yeah. he got a lot of negative press about it and people are not happy that he's taking over yeah. so i i don't know it's really sad it's really sad because henry cavill is so cool yeah. um but in the same vein as we talked about right as these are new avenues for people to learn different things about different games they never played before maybe like henry cavill has now been cast in the warhammer for forty thousand 
Is that right? Is that what the game is? 40, uh, yeah, know. yeah, Warhammer 40k. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, 40k. Yeah. <laughs> so I found, I you found said the same game. thing. You said the exact yeah. same thing. Just all right. <laughs> yeah. Don't okay. hate me, people. Don't hate all, me. All hate, those 40k hate, fans who are so <laughs> angry. Hate me for my quotes on Dunkin' Donuts or my thoughts on Dunkin' Donuts. Don't hate me for mispronouncing a game I never played. Uh, I'm excited to, and to also, watch that. Also, Eric, to be fair, no one actually plays 40k. You just spend a lot of money to the minis. <laughs> that's what I thought. Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't even know what games they are. But I am really. Are they games? No, I'm gonna it's ask, like right? they're like war games. Yeah. Like that's you what I thought. Okay. Points that you spend and you have this big book. It's all nonsense. No one yeah, plays. You just yeah. paint minis. Just Henry Cavill plays. But now if yes. you're more interested. I'm excited to see him be in that show. Yeah. Because I think that will open the doors to more understanding the story that people love. Or they, yeah. just, like, or they just enjoyed the minis. Which, you know what? <laughs> Teach their own. Teach their own. Who cares? It's fun to so. paint minis. Yeah. Yeah. More power to you. More power to you. Bob Ross it up with those minis. You, yeah. go, you go for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I'm a little sad talking about The Witcher now because I wanna. Yeah, it's a bummer. It's a bummer. I do but... love that episode though. The Manor episode so it's and so it has good. the guy from uh, Game of Thrones that everyone loved. I don't know. I have no idea what his name is in yeah. either the show or in real life. Redhead dude that everyone loves. Yeah, the yeah, wildling yeah. guy. Wildling? Sure. I have no. Idea. <laughs> I don't know anymore. I have no idea. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was that was a, that was one of the best episodes. It's a good episode of the, yeah. of the show. Mm-hmm. Ah, so good. Well, Ryan, this has been a roller coaster of episode so far, yes. and we have one yeah. more to go. Oof! I can't wait. I cannot wait to hear I, more uh, about this. <laughs> I hope you're not the only one. <laughs> this, this is pretty beloved for for a different I generation so. that isn't ours. This was like the best thing there ever was. I I mean I oh maybe time you work. too. Granted, oh, yeah. I was only four when it came out. I didn't sure. see it till much later, like in the early two yeah. thousands. You didn't see it at four. I didn't see it at four. No, I was okay. much too scared. Even though I saw it the first time, I was still much too scared. Yeah. Um, I had to look away. But I, I'll, let me tell you what it is. I, yeah, so please. The, the next game I play, I, I haven't watched this movie in so long. It was between this or Mario, and I knew people were going to hate me because no one likes the adaptation. I get why. That's, a, that's more of a guilty pleasure. Sure. That's not a good adaptation. Yeah. It's more of a guilty pleasure, and I get yeah. that. It's not sure. a good adaptation. Um, and Double Dragon. I almost picked Double Dragon. That that also is more of a guilty pleasure than a good adaptation. That's fine. I get it. Or Street Fighter also. We'll get to this. All right. The movie that I picked is Mortal Kombat. From the 1995 Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. Not the new one. I haven't watched the new one, but as I was writing about this and, and relearning the movie from the, from 95, I was like, I should watch the new one just to see what it's like. So I've heard were, it's not bad. I've heard it's not I heard bad. I heard it's not bad, too. I know people, yeah. are, people are kind of annoyed with it, but like that's just, that's just when it's, something is so beloved, especially like Mortal Kombat, like people are going to be very uh, high-strung. Is that the right yeah. word? Is that is that yeah. insulting? I yeah, don't know. no, that's, that's fine. Yeah. Um, so, but I remember, so the, the 95 Mortal Kombat is so good because at that time, in that time frame in the 90s, <laughs> sounds so old. Uh, back in the nineties, <laughs> they were making game adaptations. Um, there was a lot of like fighting game adaptations coming out, like Street Fighter, uh, Double Dragon. Uh, I feel like there's another one. I just cannot think of what it is though. But there, there were video game adaptations coming out. But Mortal Kombat was really special, right? Because Mortal Kombat was, was in the news a little bit. It was really graphic at the time. Great to what we have now is goes leagues, <laughs> leagues, leagues. Beyond anything that Mortal Kombat ever did, right? I'll always remember. I don't know why I have this memory. It's such a vivid memory. I was probably like five, and my dad took me to the circus. <laughs> oh no! It sounds like it sounds like a, a, a superhero beginning, like Dick yeah. Grayson kind of thing. But I remember sitting at the a booth eating something. I forget what it was, and there was a Mortal Kombat arcade cabinet ahead of me. 
And I'm five, so I've never played Mortal Kombat because I, I my parents loved me. But I well, I <laughs> I should say that. Sorry. Uh, but I remember. I think it was Johnny Cage. For those yeah. you know, he's like the super the 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 superstar fighter guy in the in the series. I think he was the one that was falling down. He was falling in this long pit. It was just falling and falling. I remember watching the game, thinking like. I don't know what I thought. I probably I I think I was just entranced by what this game was because it was a TV screen and, and my ADHD brain was just like focused on it. And then he lands on this 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 pit of spikes and his blood shoots out right. And this is all like ninety nineteen ninety five ninety six graphics right. It is not it is not. But parents be like <laughs> you know like I just saw someone get murdered. You know what I mean? Like I just remember being like so like oh my you god saw, you saw yeah. human life extinguish the light in his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> he fell down a pit of spike. So I just remember that being like my first introduction to Mortal Kombat and being horrified. So then years later, uh, at my grandmother's house, of course, is where you always find movies of things you shouldn't watch. Uh, maybe that's not true. Uh, but for whatever reason, I think it was my cousin had Mortal Kombat on the v- on VHS, and I think that Armageddon came out. The number, the second one came out in '97, I think. So I think we had both. I think she had both. Um, and I just remember like trying to watch it, but also I was a in the same as thirty one year old Eric. I'm still much a, a, a scaredy cat baby boy when it comes to horror films. I just watched Megan the other day with my partner, with a girlfriend, mm-hmm. and um, uh, I had to look away a few times. It was too much, mm-hmm. so uh, which I don't feel proud about. <laughs> live, live, yeah. live in your live it, Eric. Live, live it's it? okay to look away. Is it? It's okay to look away. Okay. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Should, should we stand on front of like ho- of movie theaters that are, with horror films and say it's okay to look okay. away? It's like, you, first, like it's fine. <laughs> if your if your brain needs a break in this moment, give your brain a break. Yeah, yeah. self care. Dysregulated? Get on your phone and bother, yeah. bother other people enjoying the movie with the light from your cell phone. Yeah, I think let's start a non for profit. We'll get back to Mortal Kombat. Hold on, this is more important. Let's start a non for profit, all about educating people that it's okay to look away. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we'll call it the scary baby boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, well, I think it's we'll get a lot broad. of investors. Yeah, yeah, scary baby people. Scary baby people. Yeah, scary baby yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> scary, <laughs> how many times do you say it? Best scary <laughs> baby people. <laughs> uh, all right. Anyway, back to Mortal Kombat. But I will always remember some of those moments just being absolutely terrifying, which is silly again because this is from like from 1995. But I, what I think is so great about this movie, again, Ryan. Is that it focused on one aspect of this story of Mortal Kombat. In the games, it's all about fighting, right? You know you're in some kind of tournament or whatever. You don't care. You just want to fight people and see the blood, whatever. In this, it's about the tournament. It's about the survival of Earth, right? And the fighting is just a part of it because that's a means to an end, right? But the fighting wasn't like... It wasn't like the... uh, Well, it was kind of the main focal point. But like... Is also the relationship between the characters, right? The guy who played Johnny Cage, I should have looked this up, did a great job, I think, as Johnny Cage, if I remember correctly, of being that kind of, like, jerk, you know, other words, kind of movie star, but then showing a kind heart or gold heart and wanting to save the world, and Liu Kang wanting to save the world and avenge his brother. And, like, they always had these, like, they, they had good... I don't know. I, I think it was really well done. And granted, it's, it's cheesy now. It doesn't hold up very well, of course. However, at the time, I just think it did such a great job at trying to do the best it can to incorporate the fighting in a way that it wasn't just about the fighting. It was about more than that. It was about the human relationship. At the end, spoiler alert for a movie from the 1995, right? Don't come at me, all right? As, as a leader of the Scary Baby Boys, I have a, a, an army of Freddy Cat people who will come <laughs> after you. 
Um, you know, he's fighting for his dead brother whose soul has been taken by Shao Kahn, right? No, not Shao Kahn. Uh, Shang Sun. Sorry. And who who's released and his brother tells him, you know, like, I, I, will, I will always be with you until you join me in the next life. Like, this is really good. It's really yeah, good. He didn't have yeah. to do that. They didn't yeah. have to do that. Um, and they incorporated the spike pit. <laughs> Shang Tsung gets, gets hit into a spike pit, which I thought was like, that's really cool that they incorporate that because that was very popular in the games. I just think it was very well done. I think it was a solid adaptation for what it was. And granted, I should watch the new one. I probably will now. I feel a little motivated to. Um, but I think that if you're looking for kind of a blast from the past, I maybe mean, something to laugh about, but also maybe secretly enjoy, I think Mortal Kombat yeah. from 1995 is the movie for you. So go for it. And Sub Zero, Sub Zero was so freaking cool. And Scorpion, that was like I remember the get over here, and then seeing his <laughs> his his hand, Ryan. I don't know if you remember this. His hand no. peeled open, which is so unsatisfying to watch. It was like, Ugh! and then a snake comes out. It's a what? Yeah, it was That's really so cool. messed up. But yeah. Sub Zero was so cool. Sub Zero is my favorite character. I'm pretty sure he dies. Spoiler alert. But he is so cool. He has a mask on. He's a mask on like this, and he's just <laughs> shooting out frost everywhere. Hopefully, you guys heard what I was saying. Uh, it was just it was just fun. The characters yeah. were weird. The only 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 bad thing about that movie was that Shang Sun, who is the bad guy, kidnaps Sonya Blade, who mm-hmm. is the I think the only female in the whole movie, which is Oof. again ninety five <laughs> is not a good time uh, for representation. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> ninety five not a good time. I, I, well, okay, that did not rhyme the way I thought it did. Uh, but it's like a the half reason rhyme. it kind of rhymed, yeah. Yeah. The reason why he kidnaps her is because she'd be a quote unquote. This is not my words, not my words. <laughs> PSA: an easy victory of the oh, tournament no. if he faces her rather than yeah. Liu Kang or she- or uh, Johnny Cage, which is just not cool. Because Sonya Blade's nah. really cool too. Yeah, yeah, and they don't get they don't let her have her chance of win of of fighting him and winning. I feel like though, because I think Liu Kang is the one that that deals the finishing blow because he's the main character, really. So yeah, not cool on their part, but. Besides that, besides <laughs> besides the old fashioned thinking, yeah, yeah, I yeah. I think it's a good, a solid adaptation. Yeah, so, yeah, I it I just I feel fun. I I'm gonna feel t- so when this goes out tomorrow, I'm gonna just feel the, the I'm like, why is everyone shaking their head in one moment? And I feel the <laughs> the energy from this. Yeah, it'll be it'll be my my recommendation of watching Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Ryan, I will get to this I think in another video. But what is if you had to pick one guilty pleasure? Adaptation. And not to put you on the spot because we didn't talk about this at all. So like, have anything, like, we'll cut like it out. video game adaptation, you mean? <laughs> yeah. Oof. I'll, I'll go, can I go first really fast? Yeah, I'll go first. I need to think I, about this. It has to be Super Mario. Like, it, ha- it has to be. Oh, you, you know what? You know what? Okay, no. I'll take a step back. I'll take a step back. I, I will say, I think it was Street Fighter. Street Fighter was not good. However, however, it was really, 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 really cool seeing them in person and fighting each other as, as someone who really enjoyed street by street fighter 2 turbo on the snes i really it was just so cool to see them and like and great it was super cheesy like was it uh uh what's his name the kickboxer dude in real life uh john claude van damme Oh, played yeah. <laughs> uh, Guile, which is so funny now. Yeah, it's so funny. Um, I think the guy who played Gomez in the uh, Adams Family movies from like the '90s or the '80s, he was uh, he was Bison, which is so yeah, funny. And Bison, that's but he did good. a great job. He did yeah. so good. Like Blanca, when, I think Blanca transforms into Blanca in the movie, and it was very scary as a kid, uh, though very cool. You know, and Vega, Vega was cool. He was a bad guy. He, he had a cool mask. 
He was very cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. That's my guilty pleasure. I think it was a fun movie. I don't think you can adapt that one in all seriousness into a maybe you can and I'm just I'm just closed minded to it. Yeah. Um, or maybe the the movie from the nineties closed my mind to it, but I think <laughs> for what they were trying to do, it was it was fun. It was a yeah. good time. It was a guilty pleasure. Yeah, Eric, I'm looking through all the movies that have came out, and I like the only one of these that I can say is probably Mario. It's probably Super yeah. Mario. Because yeah. I haven't seen, like, Resident Evil, didn't super enjoy. I never saw the Warcraft movie. That's the Me one I was either. thinking of where they, like, leaned far too much into, like, the, the world and the lore when no yeah. one cared, right? Except for China. Exactly. Yeah, except for China. <laughs> if, you want, if you want to, like, explore this world fully, there is a game you can do that. Don't do it in the movie. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I say that respectfully to China. They just don't listen to us, so I thought it'd be kind of fun. Yeah. But yeah. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> oh, I forgot there was a Ratchet and Clank movie. Never saw it. Um, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, I think, I think the like the only ones I've seen on here are probably like the Pokemon the first movie and, and um, so good. Super Mario. But yeah. Super Mario is such an interesting movie, and like I do not know what a world in which that was able to be made, but I'm really happy it was because it's just a wild time. It's. I think the casting I've seen of that Mario movie many in, times. Yeah. Oh, me too. The nineties yeah. is filled with that movie. Yeah. I think that they tried their best. I will. I will give them this. Let's give them this. I think yeah. this is this is a valid point. They tried to make it as realistic as possible. The the For jumping sure. boots. For the sure. Jumping boots. The di- Yoshi ends up being a literal dinosaur. Yeah. Um. And it, just like the weird, wasn't there like like slime everywhere and like mushrooms in the slime? Can I remember this correctly? Yeah, that, that there mushrooms right. also in the movie. Yeah, there were mushrooms. Think, yeah, there were for sure yeah. mushrooms in the movie. Yeah, I think that the casting of Mario and Luigi. They, I, I don't know who the Mar. I don't know who played Mario. Bob Hoskins, Bob John Linguizamo. John Linguizamo. <laughs> I think they were great. They yeah. were great casting. I think they were yeah. did a fantastic job as the casting. I forget who plays Princess Peach. Um... Uh, but I have the IMBD up. This is not useful, but I have it up. This, they don't have Peach. They have Daisy. Da- oh, what? Oh, my God. Really? Yeah, Samantha Daisy's the main Daisy. one? Yeah, they don't have Peach in it at all. Oh, my God. I did not realize that. It's been yeah. so long. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I Dennis Hopper to watch that. Oh. Dennis Hopper. He was yeah. kind of an imposing bouncer. And then yeah, he, gets he the, was spooky. He, gets the, he, was, and he becomes a little... Dinosaur spoiler alert for Mario. Watch it. <laughs> when he comes a, a little dinosaur, it was really off putting and scary. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very silly and stupid. But like, yeah. not 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 imposing like Bowser should be. But then again, like, what a great way to wrap this episode up in this last topic, Ryan, is because we've gone too far with this. But <laughs> now look at uh, we're talking about the, this '90s or maybe '80s. I forget when it came out. I think it, 90, 93, 1993. Okay. Early 90s, adaptations were coming out like crazy. They were yeah. wild, yeah. yeah. But, like, think about that movie and how wild it is. And now look where we are now in 2023 with the new Marvel movie coming out yeah. and what they're doing. 20 years later. Really, 20 years later. And I think yeah. it's a good step forward. I'm really excited for the Mario movie. Oh, no, I think it's 30, gonna be... 30 years later. Oh, God. You're right. Oh, my God. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, before later. my soul got stuck. Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean yeah, to crush no, you completely. It's okay. I, it's better that we. It's better that you admitted it was thirty, and then we're not stupid with math, which is totally <laughs> also probably accurate. I think it's such a good step forward for what they're doing now. They, they, I think they realized. Okay, maybe live action is not the way to do this, right? Yeah. And we've seen how far animation has come with movies, and I'm actually really excited for this Mario movie. I think, I think it's, it's going to be very fun. I think it's going to yeah. be very fun. What, it's going to be short and good. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it'll be a really fun time, and I think like it seems like they're just trying to capture that like 
weird and magical world in a different medium and hopefully yes. through some interesting co- stories. Uh, I think it'll be fun. I'm excited to, to check it out. I'm really hopeful. I think it'll be a success. I think Mario's going to be a success. For sure. I think For this sure. is the best way to do it. People love Mario. I think it's going to be a movie that, that works really well. My, my biggest hope from this all, though, is that this will spur Nintendo to make an animated mm-hmm. Legend of Zelda movie in the same way they are with Mario. I don't think cool. it ever should be live action. Yeah. That's a movie. That's a series that, unlike The Last of Us, I don't think Zelda can work as no. live action. I really, truly, truly don't. In the same way that Mario can't work as live action, I don't think. I think I really don't think The Legend of Zelda can be live action. I think that if it's animated in the same way that Mario is for 2023, mm-hmm. I would be so excited for that. I think that'd be a fantastic idea, a way to bring Zelda to more people. Yeah, and I think that'd be so much fun. Uh, if you are listening really close, my cat is meowing desperately to get inside here, so I apologize. Don't worry, he is being fed <laughs> and loved. Uh, he just if the door is closed, he wants he wants in. Yeah. It, so yeah, he was a former cat burglar, I think, uh, in a past life. But mm-hmm. like all cats are. But anyway, yeah. Ryan, I think we picked some good ones. I think yeah, we did a good job. I think so yeah. too. I think we I think we through these weird picks like got to have some really cool conversations about uh, video games and stories yes. and how to make different spikes of them. Spikes, yeah. pits. pits, pits of spikes, blood, yeah, um, yeah, creepy look at tongues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Storygoers, if you have any thoughts on what your favorite video game adaptation is, we would love to hear them. Right, whether you agree with us or disagree with us, have a whole other pick. We would love to hear those by emailing us at tales from the cartridge at gmail.com. All the e's in the email are three, are threes. You can also find us on Instagram. I've been doing really bad about posting, but I'll get back on there. I promise. We have some good ones coming out soon, I think. We'll find out. And yeah. uh, oh, you can also vo- leave us a voicemail or a text at our toll-free number at 207-494-4334. And we'll listen or read all those in a future episode. You can also donate to our Patreon if you would be so kind-hearted to do so. Um, and rating us on your favorite podcast service with a sweet, sweet five stars would be just the, the icing. Thing. Mario gets one star. But can you imagine if we got five in one Incredible. go? Incredible. We're better than Mario. Yeah. Right? For sure. Yeah. We don't have to eat those creepy mushrooms to do it. Nope. Nope. No. Gotta. Dennis Hopper won't be messing with us. <laughs> 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 well, Ryan, it's been really good. We've covered a lot today. We've done it again. Most importantly, I like to know, I like that we have verified that we are the unverified number one podcast of Maine. It's important. Um, if you if you think that you're the number one podcast in Maine, mm. please don't write to us at talesinthecartridge.com <laughs> at all the E's and threes. Uh, I'd like to continue this as long as possible. Should we put this in our tag on Instagram? Probably. Yeah. Okay. For sure. I think it's worth it. I think it's pretty good. Uh, all right, Storygoers, thanks so much for listening. I'm sorry we, we took too long and I've just been <laughs> rambling all the time. Uh, we hope that you're doing well and we will see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.